Wyatt, and this is Rolling Stone Music Now. I have in the studio with me Andy Green. We're going to be playing Andy's interview with all of Fleetwood Mac, or at least the new lineup of Fleetwood Mac, which does not include Lindsey Buckingham, but does include Neil Finn and Mike Campbell, formerly of the Heartbreakers. And Andy, you were sitting there, and all of Fleetwood Mac was just facing you, right? Yeah, it was a bit intimidating. I was ushered onto a sort of trailer with the current lineup of six people that all just kind of met each other, at least some of them. It's sort of like this Spinal Tap joke they could make. You know, it's like, oh, we've been through so many lineups. There's been through so many changes. So, you know, Lindsay, he comes and goes. But what happened with Lindsay Buckingham? Well, the story that they said was that they had planned on touring in 2018 for a very long time. And Stevie timed it so her big tour would be finishing. And she'd go right into Fleetwood Mac. And they said that Lindsay wanted to wait a solid year to go on the road. And they couldn't wait. And they argued. And eventually they pushed him out and brought in Mike Campbell of Tom Perry and the Heartbreakers and Neil Finn from Carter House. So Mike and Neil were sitting there. What was their affect? Like, how, how were they? It was a little awkward for me and for them, probably, because it, it was a tiny space, and all six of them were facing me. And the thing I most wanted to hear about was the guy who wasn't there, but his two replacements were there. And <laughs> it was tense. It was tense. And so I keep asking about the guy who wasn't there, and it was really awkward. I could see Neil was sort of smiling and being cool, where Mike seemed just a little bit disengaged. Well, Mike's been through a lot. He lost it's, Tom Petty this year. Yeah, and he talked about that. It's been a really rough time for Mike. I feel awful for him to have to, have to go through the loss of his best friend and his musical partner. Where I imagine for Neil Finn, he's just like, hey, this is wild. <laughs> he couldn't believe it because he was just sitting in New Zealand and the phone rang and it's, hey, you want to join Fleetwood Mac? It's like, what the hell? Sure. <laughs> Did they explain in the interview how they came to the idea of these people? Yeah, the thing is, from day one, it's been Mick Fleetwood's band. So when people leave, if it's like Peter Green leaving or Bob Welch or whoever, it's Mick's job to find new people. <laughs> <laughs> so he was doing this in 1969 and doing it two months ago. Yes, yeah, so what I was referring to yeah. earlier, for people who don't know, is that Fleetwood Mac is had a very long history, including uh, a very long history before Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham joined the band. Yeah. So, you know, yes, for, for some of them, it's like, oh, it's just another change. Yeah. I guess. It was very smart to name the group after the rhythm section <laughs> because they're the two ones that have been there the entire time. It's been the same drummer and same bass player, which is Fleetwood and Mac, from day one, but everybody else just leaves. Yeah, theoretically, they could have brought in Lil Zan to be the, <laughs> yes. the new front person and, and, and it still would, be, be, it would, it would still be Fleetwood Mac. Yes, exactly. Well, let's hear the first part of Andy Green's interview with Fleetwood Mac just a couple days back. All right. So just how long ago did you guys first play together? I just want to hear about that first, about the first time that you sat down and instruments and played together with, with this lineup. Maui. Maui, which was how long ago? Not, Not very long ago. Not three weeks? I just came home from Maui on Friday night. So I guess it's a month. Just barely a month. Huh. And what was the first song that, that you all did? Lord. I think it might have been Say Second You Love Me. Or? Say You Love oh, yeah, Me. Was, yeah, I suspect right. it was. Uh huh. And how'd that go? I mean, did you did you feel immediately that this was going to work? Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then we did it, and then I, three parts. So yeah. Amazing, so. yeah. And then we, I think, whatever was like the second or the third song, then we we cut and we did a little vocal rehearsal just around mm -hmm. one mic. Right. That and uh, and with a little you know drum beat and one guitar and um, and that was great because we've always done that and. Mm -hmm. uh, and you, you know, if you do that, you get pretty far, pretty fast, because you can hear everything. So right. then, you know, because we were, we were instantly loud. Mm -hmm. We were in a theater, so that was good. It was okay. So then, when you really want to hear the vocals, the best thing to do is break it all down and do a little teeny vocal rehearsal. So and throw those in every once in a while. So how did you guys come to Neil? Can you tell me that story of just what led you to him? Well, that's Mick's Mick. story. Mick, Mick chooses. Have you done a long time? An hour. So you can be brief. No, no, no. But story in the terms of me, first of all, I've been a huge fan of Neil Finns for a long, long time. He didn't know that back in the day. And we've met uh, in London years ago and had uh, just a, a great evening talking about music, etc, etc. And, and that whole thing, passing in the night syndrome, I won't go into it, mm. but, but when you look back on it, knowing that we're sitting on a couch in front of you, it starts to be quite profound in, in truth. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm, I re-met Neil in, on a tour, a Fleetwood Mac tour in, in uh, New Zealand, and had said, uh, if you want me to play drums on, a, on a something, I would love to do that. That actually did happen. Uh, I, I'm not sure whether Neil thought that was probably one of those like, well, well, I'll come and play. And I'm going like, no, no, you don't understand. I really would love to do that. I will come and play. <laughs> I yeah. will come and play. Yeah, I, I, and you'll like it. Yeah, and, and you'll like it. So there's a lot. So you invited yourself. He didn't actually say pretty much. Coming. So so there, there was a huge connect in terms of, of that just being uh, part of, of, of something that was. Uh, led to this uh, suggestion yeah. and then decision and it just uh, made a hell of a lot of sense uh, we we speak about how how we get to uh, us all sitting on a couch in front of you is that obviously a lot of thought went into what we needed and wanted wanted to do first and then mm. what we needed to do to feel this is going to be complete really uh, energized and 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 have a real credibility about what what we're doing and so it's a hugely important decision once we knew that we were looking for uh, uh, that to come to pass and well, I, I would throw in that when Mick rang it sounded it was like a friend ringing you yeah to be in a band you know and I would equate it to when you're a young band that's what happens you know you get yeah. rung up by a friend and say hey you want to come and have a play with my band yeah i've heard you guys singing and you you know but it I, felt like that i'm sure you were stunned that you never imagined i was stunned being but, it, that, right? but, it, but it, it had a naturalness even on the first phone call there was something it didn't seem that was stunned yeah and they called you how long ago would they call you like a month or something ago about two weeks before we played sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you no i just thought it just occurred to me that it was wasn't so cold you know it was a friend bringing me up and it's all all of the above you know uh where 
you well no it's not an audition but but in truth would you come I mean eventually you know Mike we all convened mm -hmm. and and Mike Mike was already a part part of the mix in terms of going forward mm -hmm. before and, we got to Hawaii yeah before okay. but yeah that, so, but that, Mike also has a house in Kauai so then Mike came over so mm -hmm. Mike was like an island away but still right. close uh -huh. so it was all like but what, one of the things getting to the moment where you go, this is absolutely it, is of course I, I'm phoning up a friend of mine, I'm going, well, any, any which way, I, no, it, it, in truth, I'm asking you to come and play, and Neil said, well, let, let's just take a breath, etc. and I said, well, it, is it an audition or anyone is a friend and you don't audition Neil Finn or you don't audition this gentleman sitting next to me here either right. it, it's about but it, it became you know what Mick I want to come and what do you say you said I, I just want to come and play and yeah, that's the way I'm going to look at it it seems because no one right. no one had met I, yeah. He was a friend of mine, so I, I was hugely confident in terms of the musical suggestion and, and quietly confident, but not knowing that the, the chemistry was, was right. going to be great. Mm -hmm. So I've heard for a long time there's plans to do a big tour in 2018. And at what point did you realize it was going to be without Lindsay? Like how long ago did the split happen? After Music Cares in New York. Uh huh. Which is three months ago. Which was February. I think it was late January, maybe. Yeah, it was over the Grammy. I left no, because I left for Maui on the fourth of February, so it was had to be more like. I think it was like the twenty sixth of January, some somewhere at Music Cares or somewhere in that. Right, and prior to that, you, you thought the tour was going to be with Lindsay. Well, we didn't know we had a tour. That was that was it is is part of of you know the problem in terms of where it became a, a, a total impasse. Four of us had had to come to a decision where we planned to be doing a, a large, you know, a huge, lovely Fleetwood Mac tour, mm. and and Lindsay for sure had very different opinions about when that should start, and. We, the whole thing, without belaboring it, was was percolating in a way that was not was not okay yeah. for the majority of the band mm. in terms of of knowing that we were going to go on tour, and he had uh, for whatever reasons, and Lindsay will I'm sure address it in terms of. of uh, project he was working on, but it's not about oh, what do, what do you mean? Why why couldn't you wait and all that stuff? We planned on doing what we were doing for a long, long time, mm -hmm. and the majority rules in terms of what we needed to do as a band and go forward, and and it it literally hit a brick wall uh, after the show, and and you know, Fleetwood Mac is, is no. You're sitting there. You're very conversant with the the strange animal known as Fleetwood Mac, mm -hmm. and uh, really a lot a lot of other sensibilities uh, came into play, mm. where it just wasn't a happy situation, mm. and we made that decision that we were going to part company. So the biggest issue was scheduling the tour. Is that how you? 
but is that what happened, Stevie? That was the biggest well, issue. Well, the, the tour was, we were supposed to go into rehearsal in June, mm -hmm. and he wanted to put it off until next November. Uh -huh. And that's what's and big. then that's a long time. Yeah. And I just finished my, I just did 70 shows. Yeah. And finished uh, the beginning of December. Mm-hmm. And so that was our, you know, it's like for me, you know, I, Gemini, I, I have this amazing thing where I have these two amazing careers, you know, mm -hmm. and it, so I'm, I'm never bored for a minute you right. know, because I finish one thing and I just dive back into the other. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're doing. We're diving. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he just had a lot of other things that he wanted to do and, and there was just no way out. Is there any part of you that thought you didn't want to carry on if it wasn't with him, or you just figured that the, the, the band goes forward? No, because this band has always gone forward. You know, yeah. it's like when, when we came into the band, um, Bob Welch was leaving, right. and we were told that, and Mick came out and listened to a couple of uh, Buckingham Mick songs, and he called us up on the last night of 1974 and mm -hmm. said, do you guys want to join the band? And it was the same kind of thing. He didn't mm -hmm. he didn't go like, come audition. He said, would you like to come and play with the band, you know, and see, because they, they didn't need a girl, another girl. Because mm -hmm. I always had one beautiful girl, so they didn't need me. And they left it to Christine to decide, you, you know. to decide. Yeah. If you don't like her, Chris, they're out, you know, Gosh. both of them, because they're a package. So. Um, so, you know, it's like, and, and Mick heard uh, heard the song, heard yeah. us, heard like a couple of songs off Buckingham Knicks. Sure. He called us up. He said, come in exactly the same as this. And so we went and Let's we went out to Mexican. dinner. Yeah, we had a Mexican dinner and we had the best time. And Chris and I just got, she yeah. just made me laugh so much, I just could hardly stand it. And I was just like, oh my God, I've just met this funny, extremely funny, beautiful woman that I'm going to like hang out with for the next, and I thought, the next like 30 years, you know, I this mean, is going to be my best wrong. friend. Yeah. And I was like, no, so not wrong. And um, so she said, oh, she's okay. Uh, it's okay. She can be in the bed. And so, I mean, there you she's go. Allowed. She's allowed. There you go. Bob Welsh, you know, yeah. hypnotized. I mean, it was, it was, you know, huge. And, and he decided he wanted to go be in a jazz band, right? So that was he was just yeah, you know there's a long history of you guys of you guys changing guitar players right I mean, and so you go if you go all the way back because yeah. I did go all the way back during yeah. those days after yeah. he called us you know and yeah. I went out and bought every album they'd ever made yeah. and and listened to him back to front you know and read all the research and yeah. there was Jeremy and there was Bob Weston and there was and there was um, Danny and yeah. there was Peter Green and, know, and, and you know yeah. right sure. and so I, knows, yeah. you do yeah. right yeah. well yeah. of course yeah. I didn't either right yeah. at that point. I'm like, who are these people? Right. And then, but you know, okay, so I listen to everybody and I listen mm -hmm. to all of it. And it's like, it's like, this is the only band in the world, and I think it's great to say this personally. I think this is a great thing. Mm -hmm. This is the only band in the world who does what we do, which is we go, you guys went without us. Mm -hmm. You were together for like eight years before we came. Yeah. And then we came. And then it's like this has gone on, and then things kind of hit a wall. And then why would we? Why would they not do? And now us, what we've always done, what they've always done. We don't want to stop playing music. We don't have anything else to do. Uh, this I is what we do. Yeah. And you left for yeah. 16 years, <laughs> my lady. Yeah. 
So how do you feel about carrying on post Lindsay? Because you just finished a whole long tour with them on an album. So yeah. did, did you feel caught in the middle at all? Or how do you feel about all this? You, you know, I had a great time with them on the road. I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed making that record. And, you know, I was surprised to hear the news because it, it sort of happened after I'd gone back to London that that mm-hmm. decision was made. I understood why. I understood completely why. Um, but, you know, life moves on and I wanted to carry on playing mm-hmm. with these guys. Mick, as I was saying earlier, has this aptitude for somehow he kind of sniffs out these great people mm-hmm. to come join us, you know. And I don't I don't know how it happened, but he did it again, I think, you know, with, with Mike and Neil, because it, it, we got together in Maui and played together and I feel as if I've known them for years and I, and I actually I don't know you very well. I don't know you at all. Not yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yet. 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 Contemplating my future mm-hmm. without my partner, mm-hmm. which was uh, was in a pretty uh, dark place in a lot of ways. I'm sure beginning to heal, and I got the phone call, and it was like this crazy event. And I said, "Give me a day to think it over." And, mm-hmm. and the more I thought about it, I thought this could be great. You know, I understand the way they play, they understand the way I play. I know Stevie for years and years. We get along really well, and we're very creative together. And I love the rhythm section. I love the mm, Thank you, Mark. And then uh, I've always, you know, actually I met Neil when he was in Split End. So I don't know if you remember that band. Sure, sure. So when I heard he was on board, I thought, yeah, this is going to be a major event, you know, musically. Yeah. So I'm so let's talk a, about the set list. Is it going to be a bit similar to the last few tours? Are you thinking about bringing back some songs that you've done in a long time? Like, what's the thought about what kind of, what kind of show you're going to be presenting? Well, one thing we're going to do, I'm just going to jump in here. We're going we're gonna, uh, to lock into the history of Fleetwood Mac, uh-huh. which we were never able to do Why? since 1975. Uh-huh. Because uh, certain people in the band weren't really um, interested in doing that. And that's okay. not a big deal. It's right. fine. Right. But we are interested in doing it. Wow. And um, so we're going to go back through um, all of the fantastic music that these people made before Lindsay and I joined the band. Right. And um, and really revisit all of this and pick out some great songs that you know we've got we've now got one two three four serious blues people and you and me. Yeah, I've got to learn how to play. So you're open. And it's you know and we'll so that that to me is really exciting because we always wanted to and to be able to say like you know like you know open a set with like this raucous loud version of rattlesnake shake or something and and not to not only i mean there's like there's like station man from christine which was one of my favorites and when we really? first that's not my song it was uh, danny's well whoever song it was you sang it no i sang the part. No, a little bit. you didn't it was three of them. I, I, anyway that's, uh, okay well whatever i love it anyway i love the song i don't know yeah. anyway but the, but the fact is there's so many great songs and um and we also have we have an amazing catalog of songs yeah. that that 
that there are songs that we've actually, that some that we've never done, some that we've done once or twice we, in our five million tours we've done since 1975. Right. Um, there's just, we have an amazing catalog. There's songs we, that I've even it, forgotten about. In truth, that I've oh, blimey, I've, I've forgotten all about them. Yeah. So, so what we'd like to do is do a set that is super, is just enchanting, you know, that has got like, um, we have these like great blues men, and we have me and Christine, and we have Neil, and we have this whole new new thing and ability to play all these amazing songs and we do pretty much like a three-hour set and have for as long as I can remember so you know you do your hits that's ten songs right and then you have John yes. signing off <laughs> John, John just signing. left the band <laughs> But the ones that you have to do, yeah, know you know, you there's the songs that you have to do. Yeah. So you do those, and then you have another 13 songs that can be, I'm counting them up, it's, they're in my head. Yeah, that's um, going to be that a lot of can, fun. That you can do, and, and, and then you, you know, you, you crochet them all together, and you make a great sequence, and you have something that nobody has seen before, yeah. except all the things they want to see are going to be there. I've seen you play Stand Back when you're with them. Are you, are you going to be doing any songs do in your solo career? You know, yeah. It's a really great up-tempo song. It'll depend yeah. on kind of like the way we look at our set. If we need that up-tempo yeah. song, we'll put it in. If we don't, we won't. And we may do uh, Stop Dragging My Heart Around. We may do Stop wow. Dragging My Heart Around. I can't around, wait to do that. would be great. Which is, a, which is yeah. an amazing song. So are you going to... I think, I think the fans are presuming you're mainly going to be singing parts that were done by like, Lindsay in the past. Is that accurate or would it be more than just... Um, there's, yeah, certainly from a practical point of view, the three of us will be singing together in a, a manner that gives, hopefully gives those songs the best possible sound and spirit. And I see that as a very, very important part of what I'm there for. But I also think there's enough hunger within the band to redefine and move forward like a band does, as CV referred to. Is there that as time goes on, uh, you know, the personality that Mike has as a guitar player is distinctive, and maybe some of the things that I do can, in the confines of uh, Super Mag, also bring something new. Is there a chance of a Carter House song or, or anything on the side of it even? Oh, yes. I don't like to think so. I, you know, I, absolutely. The, uh, hey, now. Absolutely. I think the, the overview is the fact that. Uh, in, a, in another interview, you know, the, the reality is John, John and myself have, have been, we've celebrated 50 years of, of music mm -hmm. with Fleetwood Mac, uh, uh, Stevie and Christine are actually nearly about to celebrate their version of, of mm -hmm. it's all in the history of this. It seems a very apropos time to be able to, to enter into that arena yeah. and open up some of those uh, moments that we can draw down on, have uh, experiment, the yay and nay, and, and not, not have any trepidation about trying to have these songs unfold there's so many great songs that we yeah. haven't played in so long yeah. and having it represent quietly uh, drawing down on some of the, the old stuff I think is, is something in truth we haven't 
really have ever done. Right. Uh, which is hugely exciting, and it also encompasses taking everyone on a ride that we we know and respect that they they want to be taken on, yeah. and we're more than capable of doing that in in some refreshed ways and some traditional ways. You know. So John, I would love your thoughts on this. So, how the rehearsal feel when you were with this new lineup? Did it feel right to you? Um, yeah, I feel very comfortable. Mm -hmm. Seem to uh, fit. Yeah, and you've seen lots of change in this group. So, age to, to <laughs> I get new members. It's anything new to you, right? You. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, another uh, exciting chapter uh -huh. in the book, in the saga. Yeah, it's a very long book to have at this point. Yes, it is. <laughs> So let's hear the next segment, which actually begins. Andy asked Stevie Nicks a necessary question, which is, what will you miss most about having Lindsey Buckingham in the band? And let's hear what she had to say. You know, I'm always going to... Uh I'm always going to have total respect for the years that Lindsay and I spent when I first met him in 1968, when I was mm -hmm. 18. No, I was 20. And um, he was like 18, 19. He's a year younger than me. Mm -hmm. um, and that we played in a band for three years up in San Francisco in the, in the age of the dawning of Aquarius in San mm -hmm. Francisco, 1968, 69, 70. Those three years, that's amazing, opening for every band, every big band that there was, from Janis right. Joplin to Jimi Hendrix, 75,000 people. Those years were like so amazing, you know? And then we moved to Los Angeles from 1971 to 1975, till the day that Mick uh, called us did the Buckingham Knicks record, which we arrived with our 12 demos. And um, and, and we were in the midst of making a, a record they call in, on spec, right? Speculation, somebody else was paying for it. Keith Olsen was letting us have the studio for free, and that's when you went out there. And, um, and, and those, you know, it was like, you know, I, I stayed in that relationship all those years for the music, you know? Mm -hmm. It was like the music. The music is all that's really important. And um, and and then and I kept saying, you know, it, it's gonna, it's gonna happen, Lindsay. It's gonna, and I believe that it would have happened whether or not we had joined Fleetwood Mac or not, because right. we were determined, mm -hmm. um, and we were workaholics. So it was gonna happen either way. Mm -hmm. And Buckingham Nicks was starting to break out of Alabama, which unbeknownst to us in California, you know, when I was a cleaning lady, and I had no idea my record was actually breaking in Alabama. Um, so. My respect for who he and I are and what we did, and mm -hmm. that was, you know, had its moments of enchantment, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, that is a part of me, mm -hmm. a part of my heart. Right. And will always be a part of my heart. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Lindsay's and my relationship was never easy. It wasn't right. easy in 1968. Mm -hmm. so and how was it on the previous tour? Was it difficult at times on that last tour? Um, Lindsay's in my relationship, and I can say this because if he was sitting here, he would mm -hmm. say, yes, he's right. Mm -hmm. um, Lindsay's in my relationship was always volatile, and it was never easy. Mm -hmm. But we, you know, it was all about the music. Mm -hmm. And it was all about the music in 1968. It was all about the music in 1973 when Buckingham Knicks came mm -hmm. out. And it was all about the music when we joined Fleetwood Mac. Right. So, you know, I have, there's no way that you can separate him and me on that, in that way, because that was 
was who we were and what we did for so so long, so long. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like old married couples, and we were we were never married, but we might as well have been. Um, like old married couples, you know, it gets to the point where sometimes where you just you know. That's why people get divorced after they've been married for 40 years, you know, and, and break their kids' hearts and, and, you know, and destroy everybody around them because it's like, it's just hard. And so for, for me, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm sad. Um, but you know what? I, I want the next 10 years of my life to be really fun and happy. I really do. Right. I want to get up every day and laugh and dance around my apartment and smile and say thank you God for this amazing life and um, and I sing you know I sing I, I sing around when I'm home I sing all the time mm-hmm. and I, I want I want that youthful feeling and that's what I feel right now I feel like I'm 20 again mm-hmm. you know I feel like I'm at the beginning of something magical mm-hmm. and these are magical people yeah. and everybody is happy about this we're all happy right you know it's like what what more could you we need to everybody in this crazy world we live in today Mm -hmm. we need to try to play on as much happiness as we can so Neil so tell me the Fleetwood Mac song that you are are like most looking forward to singing every night wow um (laughs) the mind goes (laughs) the mind goes blank um yeah (laughs) I you know, I'll take one song that I really enjoyed playing when we got together, and it was sprung on me the night before, and I, I knew it, but I didn't know it very well. But um, and it's not in my normal canon. Was um, World Turning? Um, and yeah, I, you nailed it. Well, <laughs> I, I didn't expect to. I kind of went no, to the rehearsal going, I don't know, that's not my. You were reading it off the telephone. Yeah, you know, I was, but I and, I and I only knew it sort of in a marginal way from its origins. But I watched it on. Watched the YouTube of Fleetwood Mac performing it, and it was just had such an amazing spirit. You know, Mick came out on the front stage with his hand drum, oh, and Christine's there just standing on Not the again. standing on the stage. <laughs> no, it was great. But it had a really beautiful arc to it, and we played it, and it felt really good. And I actually managed to sing it much better than I thought I would because it's blues. I'm not like a my songs are not traditionally blues songs. They're pop, you know. You can sing the blues, but I know I can. I and I felt I felt like that was my little um, you know welcome. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Chrissy and I sounded good together singing something which was not in my normal range was a really nice moment. I'm looking forward to that because of that, but also you know, it's relating back to what Stevie and Mac were saying about maybe reaching back a little bit further. These are exciting prospects because they're less obvious. Yeah, it would be great to hear a song like Oh Well Again or something. I mean, it's been well, years. You're going to hear that. Wow, yeah. it'd be great. That we can guarantee. Yeah. Guarantee that one song? <laughs> yeah. I, I, Gold Dust Woman was also a great highlight, yeah. even though I don't sing, singing harmonies in the chorus, but so, to stand next to Stevie singing that so song was pretty Did you have any special. moment when you first learned that, that, that Lindsay was out that you worried that the band was over or, you're, or you always knew that it, it, it was going to carry on? I, th- I think there's n- there's no doubt that first of all my instincts are you know for better or for worse uh, have always been to gravitate to, to go forward never surrender never yeah. surrender <laughs> <laughs> having said that I, I would I would be lying if, if I didn't literally say that this 
this needs a lot of thought as to how, and, and, a, and a, a team of people that actually want to do it and not have some, you know, entity known as Mick, you know, going, come on, one more time, or, or whatever. Uh, so it, it had to be uh, really heartfelt and a decision made where I literally, in my own private world, I, uh, I'm unbeknownst, needed to go, this has to be really right, to yeah. say the least, just really to say the least, at, at this juncture of the band's career and, and legacy and going into what we're doing now, that there was a huge onus on, on first of all, decision of can, can this happen? Yeah. And once I had that, it was all about the enthusiasm that became, you know, in increments with Stevie, with me, and, and, and then John. There were huge conversations about this was a huge moment in Fleet, yeah. of course. And, and, and I mean that with respect to the fact that, you know, Lin Lindsay, now not in the band, there's no way around the fact that, that that's that's a massive part of of the legacy of, of a band mm -hmm. it's also in my world something that felt that it, if everyone was in a place of, of wanting to have an enthusiasm about being a musician and continuing uh, with the band that it's not insurmountable yeah, so that is what yeah. we embarked on, and it and it was hugely challenging, you know. And just to clarify, I've seen some confusion now. Did he quit or was he fired, or is it somewhere in between? Just how would you clarify all, the departure? All, all of all of the, uh, the the fired words and mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're all ugly references as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. But not to hedge around, at an impasse of, of hitting a brick wall. Mm -hmm. It was not a happy situation mm -hmm. for, for us in terms of, of the logistics of a functioning band. Mm -hmm. And in truth, no secret to anyone in, in the room quietly, without going into that some of the things had a muscle memory of not being hugely fun. Right. And to that purpose, uh, we we made a decision that we could not go on uh, with Lindsay. So it, it's really up to, to uh, people such as yourself with, what do you mean, you let him go? We made a decision, we can't go on without you. That is that is correct. Mm -hmm. I guess finally, finally, are you still kind of stunned that this is real, that is your life, that you're in Fleetwood Mac now? I mean, it was so quick. It has to be just sort of like, be like whiplash for you to digest. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I am, but it's a kind of delicious sort of stunnedness where, you know, sometimes in your life, I was enjoying my my uh, life and my musical life was very rich and varied and, and I've got a restless nature. Um, I've been in two other bands. Right. I've played with my brother. I've had all these different entities. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm relishing what this beautiful gift that's been given to me, uh, realizing it's not without risk. Mm -hmm. um, for anybody, really, that you know. You, but I felt real confidence when we sat in the room together, because that's what it comes down to. Is like if it if it sounds good, which it did, mm -hmm. then that's all you need to. The, all the larger picture was spins your head if you mm -hmm. think about perception and all that. But I guess just to wrap. So then, how much rehearsal do you guys have before you're ready to go on tour? To, 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 to do 
I would want to hear how much time yet you think it will take before this is totally we, we we're, two for this, we're taking two months. Okay. Which is five days a week, two months. Wow. Because we want to, because you have to. You yeah. want to be sure. If, it, you know, in the band with Lindsay, we all pretty much knew the songs we were going to do. Right. So we could get it. We were only going to really probably rehearse five to six weeks. Right. If that. Mm -hmm. Because we knew it. It was going to be pretty much the same songs and pretty much we know that we know all that yeah so this is different because we're going to do a lot of songs that we don't we know mm -hmm. but we don't know try and discard try you and know, keep yeah. so that that no, process yeah, by the nature yeah. of that process and the only way you can do that honestly you mm -hmm. can put we'll we put a big board uh, you know a big huge board and we put this, all the songs that everybody wants which is like 60 songs right right and then we start from uh, song number one and we go through and we play everything and we go like oh this is never going to work and of course that's the one that is the best <laughs> and then the next one that you absolutely right. think is going to work is shit Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, you're going like, well, that's not going to work. So all of a sudden, you know, so you start taking songs off and pretty soon you start to get, you start to see your set coming together Yeah. and you know how much time you have and how long each song is. So then, you know, then it starts to come alive, yeah. but you need in a situation like this, we will need too much. What makes you think you're So you just heard Andy's interview with the entire current somewhat odd lineup of Fleetwood Mac. And again, you were faced with the entire band. It must have been interesting. The new guys, it was a little bit awkward. They're sitting there. You had to ask well, about it. It was the, awkward for me more that I was <laughs> asking all these questions about the guy that was just fired that Lindsay they're Buckingham, replacing. Yeah. And they had to kind of sit there well and kind of squirm as we go through, you know, these recent past events that led to them being hired. And, you know, it's it's interesting. They're promising to play all these sort of rarities. And the idea seems to be like, oh, we might play songs from even the Peter Green era yeah. of Fleetwood Mac. Which, they could play Black Magic Woman, and most people will think that they're covering Santana. Yes, that probably will happen. And, and they'll be super happy. They'll be like, great, we're, they're covering Santana. And they've played oh well at many shows in the Lindsay era. And he would sing it great. So there are a couple songs that might work, but I'll be curious to see how many pre-Stevie Nicks era songs that they that they play, because most people, it's just a different band that they don't even know. Fleetwood Mac is fascinating to me because, for many reasons, one of them is they come from this like bizarre old-school mentality where the band just has to go on no matter who's in it, as long as it's Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. So, you know, of course, there was an entire era before Steve and Lindsay. Yeah. Stevie and Lindsay. And then there even were times when each of them were out of the band previously, right? Yeah. The, the Rumors era was just 12 years. It was 75 to 87. And then Lindsay left prior to the tango and the night tour. They hired Billy Burnett. They did one more album with Stevie in 90. And then she left. And then and then Christine left, but they kept going. So they hired Dave Mason from Traffic and Delaney and Bonnie's daughter. And they did a tour in 95. It was a quadruple bill of 
It was Ario Speedwagon, it was Pat Benatar, it was Orleans, and Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> and Fleetwood Mac played in the middle of the show. They played the chain and shit, and it's other people up there. They were like, damn it, we, we, they said it was going to be Fleetwood Mac and Puppet Show. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like basically. But, so they were willing to open up for, for Ario Speedwagon because the philosophy of McFleetwood is nothing stops this band. Nothing. <laughs> It's very fascinating, and, and they are going to have a challenge because it's not like some random member left. Lindsey Buckingham was so key to the sound, and he, I think it's going to be interesting actually to see whether Mike Campbell actually emulates some of the the very unique rhythm guitar stuff that Lindsey yeah. does or just kind of plays it Mike Campbell style. Yeah, unclear, but I think the Eagles, too, were, I think that showed them a, a huge amount here, that when Glenn Fry first died, Don Henley said, that we can't possibly tour again. That would be pure greed. That would be insanity. But they did. They brought in Vince Gill, and they're playing stadiums. And as long as the songs are played and enough people are there, as long as Stevie Nicks is on stage and they're playing the hits, I think most people are not going to care, crazily enough. I guess so. It, I mean, one of the things this illustrates, the Neil Finn introduction, I have a theory that as rock ages and, and gets farther from sort of the center of current pop culture, all the distinctions between different kinds of rock are breaking down. I think a, a better example of this is something we've often talked about, which is Tom Morello in the E Street Band. Right. Which these things that seem, these barriers that seemed totally huge like you know Rage Against Machine East Street Band now it's like I don't know this has a guitar in it at least right. it's not rap you know it's yeah <laughs> but even Neil was saying he's like look I'm a pop singer I'm not a blues singer I've never sang the blues in my entire life well let's hear Neil Finn sing uh, Don't Dream It's Over Now and just try to imagine this in Fleetwood Mac if we can I mean that's a, that's a jam, dude. It's I mean, such a good song. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is he's he's got a sweeter tone to his voice than Lindsay. I'm actually yeah. a, a little bit confused. But that was like thirty some years ago. I think right. he's aged into a bit of a different voice now. Fair enough, but it seems somewhat random. And I didn't really they, you asked how they ended up with him. I didn't really get a good sense from their answer of of why it was. He's somebody. That Mick knows that he's liked for a very long time. I think that Mick goes on and on his instincts. It was his instincts to hire Stevie Nicks back in the day. He's hired every person that's ever been in this band. He's, he's like the HR manager from Fleetwood <laughs> yeah, basically, Mac. It's true. But you asked a very good question, which is, you know, Christine McPhee just did an entire album just with Lindsey Buckingham. And tour. And, and tour. And it was all because Stevie wouldn't record with Fleetwood Mac. Yes. And, and you're like, how do you feel about the fact that your recent duo partner is no longer a man she's like you know it was a, qu- a surprise really yeah, and that just, tour yeah. just ended a yeah. few months ago i mean she, she spent a long time with him on the road it's it, it's it's quite a thing this band and I, I, it goes to another point which is people think that we talk about this all the time people think that these you know older bands stories end yeah. you know w- once they turn 40 the stories ends. the truth is it, it doesn't end at all it keeps no, going it crazy keeps going. and and that all we see is the stuff on stage but for Fleetwood Mac, that time on stage is three hours out of every three days. I should probably talk now. So I did a uh, a cover story with Stevie Nicks, you know, two, three years ago. And it was controversial. I knew at the time she 
wasn't my decision to put just Stevie on the cover, but you know, she, she is part of the dynamic is that she has become in some ways more famous than Fleetwood Mac itself among young people. She is such an idol, especially for young women, but not just women. I mean, Harry Styles idolizes her. So on some sense, even though she was about to embark upon a Fleetwood Mac tour at the time, it, you know, it did make sense to put just her on the cover and I had a great time with her. One thing that was quite evident as I conducted my interviews with her is that the rest of the band was pretty pissed off at this whole thing. And I wrote in the story, I met Mick Fleetwood briefly. He shook my hand and promptly like disappeared forever. I never saw him again. And then there was this thing where Stevie was playing her, her mix of songs in her dressing room. We were hanging out and she was playing, you know, it's like Lifehouse and stuff. It's, you know, stuff she likes. And, you know, there's a banging on the wall. And I come to realize this is... This is Lindsay Buckingham banging on the wall because Stevie Nicks is, quote unquote, playing her music too loud. So the the tensions were manifesting itself to that level. And I spoke with Lindsay about this a couple years ago. And he's like, and his big thing was is that he wanted to make a new record and Stevie refused. And he was so frustrated that he got Christine and just made it by that. But that was supposed to be a album by Fluid Mac. Well, that's what's so confusing is on the one hand, he listen, Lindsay Buckingham you know, Stevie Nicks, they're all incredibly talented. Lindsey Buckingham, though, is, you know, a studio genius, even if you listen to his last few solo records, and he may prefer the studio to the road in some ways, right. and these people prefer the road to the yeah, studio, and that's a big factor, I too. asked Stevie about it about a year ago, and she was like, making a album is very difficult, it's very tense, and it will lose money, and it's not worth it. Yeah, I mean, Lindsey, you know, Lindsey has that sort of indie rock side to him. There are people who think he sort of helped invent the sort of like <laughs> indie homegrown aesthetic yeah. with Tusk and stuff. So he, in some ways, he, he may be, you know, I don't want to say he's less mercenary than the rest of the band, but he also has a young family at home. And they just, it's it's incredible. I, I, you know, they just, they're just like, you're done, you know. Although, would anyone rule out a return? I certainly would No, not. and that's the, their next move, obviously, is the big reunion. <laughs> so they need a theme for every tour. If this tour was the same as as a previous tour, it would be kind of boring. They should just do mix and match. Yeah. And, you know, like Ace Freely should join Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. And Lindsey Buckingham can join Kiss and it'll be great. So that's my story and I'm sticking to it. This has been Rolling Stone Music Now. We were talking about Fleetwood Mac and playing some of Andy Green's excellent interview with them from just a few days ago. We'll be back next week here on Volume Channel 106 on Sirius XM. In the meantime, we are a podcast. Download us as a podcast. Subscribe to us as a podcast. Maybe leave us a nice review on iTunes. I read them all. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.